0: Thanks for tuning in to Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Kufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Men for the Win is sponsored by The Grand Group with Edina Realty. Are you looking to purchase a new home in the Twin Cities area? Or perhaps you're trying to sell your current home. Whether you're upsizing or downsizing, The Grand Group with Edina Realty will meet all of your housing needs. Contact the Grand Group by emailing the Grand G R A N Group at edinarealty.com. Or call them by phone at 612-817-8751. The Grand Group with the Dyna Realty, three-time Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine Super Agent Award winners. On this episode, David and Dan discuss the Twins three-game series against the Oakland Athletics. Thanks for listening. Enjoy! Thanks for tuning in to Min for the Win. My name is David Kufis. With me, as always, is Dan Thompson. The Twins dropped 2 of 3 to the Oakland Athletics. Even though they probably shouldn't have, they certainly had options in Game 3 to come away with a series victory. To no avail. What's more, the White Sox dropped 2 of 3 to the Kansas City Royals. The Twins had an opportunity to gain some ground in the Central. Instead, they still find themselves 10 and a half games back. It's May, but my goodness, it's starting to feel like hope is lost. Dan, how you doing?
1: It's another series where in years past they win this series they win two out of three they find a way to win game three they maybe that you know maybe they still lose but here's the thing taking two of three from a division leader no matter where you are it would have been a big deal and yes. instead they drop again another
0: series let's just go ahead let's jump in straight to our series recap series recap well then game one <laughs> this one just wasn't real interesting at all at any point in this game was i thinking that this was a good game twins lose six to one shoemaker was on the mound six innings pitched gave up five earned runs two walks four strikeouts gave up three home runs dan i just how much can you rely on him to be a starter at this point
1: well, I think in years past, you maybe could have a little bit more. I, I'm wondering when Dobnak is actually just going to get a chance. Because yes, against Shoemaker, yes. you know, he goes six, he gives up five. In some years, if he's your fifth starter and you're, a, and you're a winning bald club, you can probably deal with that from time to time. But they need to get more out of him right now. They just it, it was just he didn't give them a chance to really win this game. The bats didn't do much better. The Twins only have six hits. Uh, you know, they score the one run. They had maybe a couple other chances, but it never really felt like this game, like you said, that the Twins were going
0: to mount any kind of comeback. Correct. Continuing focus on Shoemaker here, when he was in the fifth inning and he'd given up three runs, his pitch count was still relatively low. So in my mind, I was thinking, you know what, if he gets through six and he only gives up three runs, I'll take that. Because at that point, it's pretty much on the offense. But then when he, you know, he kind of imploded here in the sixth to give up a couple more runs. Well, what are you going to do at that point? The way the Twins offense has performed, if your starter is going to give up five runs, the game. is is likely a loss for the twins
1: and it was another one of those games where it just felt like they they had opportunities to get out of jams and they didn't quite do it you know that that home run that made it five to one and not three to one was it was with two outs too i mean just another one of those two out hits three of the six runs by the a's were batted in with two outs and i just feel like the twins don't do that right they just don't score runs with two outs it seems like they can barely score runs with one or zero outs (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> shots shots
1: Well, I guess that's not fair because, you know, they did find ways to score runs here in game two and game three, but I don't know. It, there's just, this team is so disjointed. Right now, they just cannot get it all together. You know, and I guess we'll talk about Game Three when fielding
0: became a problem too. Yeah, it's it just feels like it's if it's not one thing, it's the other, right? Like they always say that the squeaky wheel gets the oil, but my goodness, Dan, how I mean, this is an eighteen-wheeler, and all of them need oil.
1: <laughs> well, let's go to Game Two. Game Two was a fun one, David.
0: Yeah, this a surprisingly fun one because you would never this this is not a game that the Twins have won this season, Dan.
1: Well, they literally have not come back from more than one rundown until Game Two of this series. That is astronomically impossible possible to me how have they not come back it's already
0: yes it is impressive here so the twins come away with this one five four led by dan your guy your guy miguel sanil
1: well i i've kind of been off his bandwagon lately so i was watching that game on a
0: patio. lovely well, hang day on, hang here on, hang, on, hang on you've kind of been off <laughs> his bandwagon you wanted well, to demote bit. him dan like, i did wanted last... to,
1: i wanted to trade him well <laughs> So when he hit that home run in the bottom of the eighth, the Twins scored four times in the bottom of the eighth. Three of those runs were on one of those cool, game-changing, three-run home runs that you get just a few times a season, right? Yes. And I, I'm sitting there with my dad and, and some other people, and I my reaction was just relief. It wasn't even celebratory. You know, it was like... Finally, the twins get a hit in a big situation. Shocking,
0: right? I can't believe it. But this one was interesting. The way that the game finished, as far as how Rocco used the bullpen, he went Barrios, Colome, and Robles, and that was that's how we did it. And I was I don't know that I would have put either of those guys in, Dan. I am
1: happy to see that they are because, and to my point, early in the season, David, when I said a bunch of guys should get some saves, they got a ride with the pitchers who have proven lately to be able to get some outs. Lately, and, and those guys lately is have. the key. Hang on, not to talk totally. over you here.
0: That's the key because those guys are not guys you would have wanted to lean on a very short time ago
1: no but they've put together a few good outings and this is how bullpens kind of can go right they can cycle through ebbs and flows and if you've got enough good arms at any one given time hopefully you can get out of games and, and pick up a few more wins and I guess this was one of those games well and then David Rob Snyder, we have to talk about him of I course. mean you have him in your dynasty league right? Absolutely. obviously the eighth fielder I think I think it's he's like the eighth outfielder the twins have played this year <laughs> because Jake Cave went on the injured list so now we don't have to wonder about whether Jake Jake Cave will be on the roster anymore because for two months he won't be <laughs> yeah
0: right? there you go problem solved but he played well right
1: he had a couple hits so good for Rob Snyder.
0: to your point about the pitching how you just have to go who's who seems hot at that moment I think that's the approach to hitting and outfielders at this point as well right? I guess
1: it's not it's not who's good it's who's healthy yeah <laughs> yeah they, I mean they're down to I mean in game two it was garlic leading off and bat in playing in right field there was Snyder in left and then Kepler in center I mean That is not the peak outfield. (laughs) That's not the A one.
0: That's not the A one. That is not the A one
1: option. That's somewhere around like what column C, column D, uh, if we're looking at the (laughs) at the the outfield alignments. (laughs) I don't know. At least the twins get a win out of this game.
0: Yeah, they do here. So let's uh let's move forward to more misery instead, Dan. To game three. Twins drop this one seven to six, and this one should have ended in a lot more interesting fashion than it did. Should have gone to extras, in my opinion. The twins, they're down. Uh well, they were up, and then they were down, and then it was tied, and then it got to the top of the ninth, and things things looked like they were cruising along. So it's the top of the ninth. Rogers comes in, and the hope is here, obviously, that he can hold and the twins can score a run in the bottom of the ninth because we know if it goes to extras the twins aren't going to win
1: not a chance no
0: but so rogers is cruising along he's got an out but now he's got a runner on first and there's a tailor made double play ball hit right back up the middle to rogers he picks it up he turns to throw donaldson is covering second because the the twins are in a shift Mm -hmm. and donaldson just i don't know if the sun hit his face or if he just didn't see it just misses the catch And I I assume because he's not in that situation often at second base, likely he was so focused on making that throw to first that he didn't complete the catch before trying to make the throw to first. And so the Athletics end up scoring a run in the inning. It's just, it's heartbreaking because the Twins should have gotten out of that inning and then had a chance to win it in the ninth, but no such luck.
1: Well, okay. So, but there's so many moments in this game that are if only moments because early in the game, the Twins get a 3-1 lead on Max Kepler's three-run home run, another big three-run home run. And then in the third, they load them up again with Kepler at the plate and they can only get one run. And it's one of those spots where this is a chance to blow the game open. And the Twins, if ever they needed to blow a game open today, obviously in hindsight, turned out to be. So there's that situation. And then just some weird fielding situations, you know, with Ben Rootvelt not making the the right play at third base and then getting (laughs) called for catching. And it reminded me of this, David, that baseball is actually, it's a thinking man's game in so many ways, right? yes You have to know the rules and you have to be able to make the smart play in the moment. And it just gives me so much respect for the times when guys do make the smart play in the moment. Even you mentioned Donaldson. I think I talked about this earlier, but I think they were playing the Angels and Donaldson, this is a month ago, and he drops a ball to try to get the double play right yeah Um, it ends up being called an infield fly roll but it just those moments reminded me of that and how and the cerebral nature of baseball and actually how difficult it is to actually play this game well at high level in a thinking and a physical way
0: yes which the twins are doing in neither currently no
1: they're not (laughs) and it's just it bums me out but the only thing that got me through this game was the fact that simultaneously the Wild were winning a game in playoffs in overtime.
0: Yes, uh very good. They had that up on the I thought about trying to hold off cuz I was at the game physically at Target Field today. I thought about holding off on watching the entirety of the Wild game, but they had it up on the scoreboard. So it was really hard for me not to notice what was happening. So I did, That's a hard situation. Yeah. But like
1: c- can you ask them like yeah. hey, out could of you kindness not?
0: here? Could you not Is there a
1: section I can sit in where I won't see the Wild <laughs> score cuz you didn't have to deal with the Bally Sports, you know, ticker at least. Yeah, well, David. fair. Yeah. Right, right, so that that is, wasn't yes, a problem.
0: That's every every gray cloud, right? But uh, uh, so, <laughs> all right, we should move forward. Yes.
1: You have more on Game Three?
0: No, that's it. Let's keep moving here. Let's jump right all into right. our. Let's jump into the segments. Catch them all,
1: Kirby Puckett! Puckett's picks winner. I'm not. I'm not proud of my pick. It didn't work, David. My pockets <laughs> pick didn't work. I picked Trevor Larnak, and he had one point. And I thought he played well, David. I, I don't like the scoring system anymore.
0: To be fair, he did play well, but the problem is he had a lot of singles with no RBIs and yeah. several strikeouts. So it's one of those things where, yeah, he came away with one point, not enough to get the job done. So the listeners had taken Donaldson, and he came away with six points, which is respectable. Um, But mm-hmm. I took Kepler, and Kepler, I'm just staying on this train, Dan. Kepler comes away with the victory for me. 13 points for Kepler, and that will put the uh, season series currently. Myself and the listeners are tied with four wins and seven losses, and then Dan is trailing behind at three wins and eight losses.
1: It's a long season, David. It's a long season.
0: You're telling me right now does it not feel like it's gonna be a long (laughs) season, Dan?
1: Well, and remember Max Kepler tweaked his hamstring, so you know there's always more there's more outfielders at AAA, right? When are we gonna get (laughs) And we're gonna get Byron Braxton or Braxton Byron. What's his name? <laughs> Keon, Keon Broxton. Keon Braxton. <laughs> there we go. I bet he gets the call up this week. We're gonna finally see the Keon Broxton. And if we only had Buxton back, we could have the Buxton and Broxton duo in outfield. It would be
0: the best. Okay, let, uh, it's what, coming. It's yeah. coming at some point. this Okay, evening. okay. Let's keep going here. Beast versus bench. Beast versus bench. Is losing fun
1: is losing fun. You're gonna laugh at me for my pick here, David. I Am I? Have a feeling. Well, I'm picking. I'm picking Sano. Sano oh actually had himself a pretty good series, right? He had in game two. He had the big home run. He hit the ball, and I will say, I didn't call the home run exactly, but the at bat before he really hit the ball hard to short and was kind of robbed of. I think it even might have knocked in a run if that had gone through. And I felt like in game three today, he was swinging better. He only he only struck out once. He got on base a couple times. Um, he scored a run. I just I'm hoping that he has more, he has gained some confidence here, right? Because a confident Sano is a much better Sano.
0: I don't know. I want to make fun of you for this pick, and I, one thing I do have to say, so I was at the game with my wife today, you know, and and Sano gets hit by pitch, and he gets on base, and my wife turns to me and says, well, at least you can't complain that he didn't get on base this time.
1: Well, there's that. He got on base, David. That's yes. All, that's all we can ask for Miguel Sano.
0: No, but you you could see it, though, on the home run, especially if you haven't seen it, folks, go back and watch the replay because it's a fun one to watch, but you can see the relief that he felt for hitting that totally, home run. And it, it totally. was so interesting because I was actually I was listening at that point and my buddy actually had it up on his phone and I asked him what direction did he hit it because I assumed it was like a fastball inside that he hit to left field and he's like oh no 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 he uh he hit it to right center and I was like what and I go oh well it must have been an outside pitch then I think I would have felt better about the home run if it would have been an inside fastball that he turned on like this one it just felt like he just brute strength knocked it out of the park but at the same time it just it didn't feel as like natural i don't know I, i'm not explaining myself no i know what well. you No, I,
1: mean, I know what you meant because when he hit it it didn't feel like a home run ball correct. Know, it felt like a yeah. towering fly ball that get, maybe gets to the warning track it felt like one of those hopefully it it's a like a cathartic release he gets it out of his system he gets a home run and then he can continue to maybe start to put because we haven't we've seen one massive home run i feel like to left field yes but kind of the traditional Sano home run correct what about you
0: yeah, so I have. Uh, I'm going to give the beast to Kepler, my boy Kepler. I'm, it's just hard for me not to. He's just he's yeah. playing well. You can see his average starting to grow. One of those things, Dan. It's a little bit sad when you look at the starting lineup today, and the only guy who was hitting over 300 was the turtle. <laughs> I couldn't believe it for a second. I was looking well, at him like, well, he's he's oh, been a my. great
1: player this year for the Twins, and he, then and then he left her too. He bruised he his left hand her
0: too. It was a rough one, man. And he the pitch it could have been a lot worse. He had to get out of the way before. I mean, that one was kind of up near his face. So, but anyway, yeah. So I'm going to give it to Kepler. He had a big series he had the big home run today that unfortunately ended up uh, all for naught uh, but who you got on your bench there Dan oh oh look at this look I think we this. have
1: some agreement it's got to be Mitch Garver I, yeah. I think I mean it, it tells you something that they started Williams Estadio today at catcher in yes. Game three agreed um I think it just shows you how little faith they have in Garver and I think the problem to me in game two Garver left six guys on base by himself he struck out once he was over for 4 and he was in that cleanup spot and they just needed him to at least bring in a runner to or advance a runner I don't know he's hitting you know he's hitting under 200 like it seems like so many twins players are hovering around 200 right now and he came in today and he pinch hits and again another strikeout
0: i just in the moment what do you think's up with him well in a moment too where a strikeout was the you can't do that in the situation that he was in yeah i don't know i don't know what the deal is what i will say about this is while we're at the game a highlight reel pops up on the uh on the scoreboard and what is it it's ryan jeffers hitting a walk-off home run for the saints the night before it's kind of an interesting timing here. I don't know if the guy who's running the they scoreboard... They showed that on the
1: scoreboard? On I, the
0: scoreboard. I just thought it was so funny. I'm like, man, somebody uh, is in Jeffers' corner, I guess, and I'm surprised they didn't just keep showing Garver's strikeout on a loop Right. Or
1: Did they show it, like, right before Garver? <laughs> <at> that, <or laughs> I don't it, know what uh, it was, but it it's like a threat. Uh, but you do
0: wonder if the time isn't coming, especially now that roster spots apparently are opening up for Jeffers to make his return to the majors.
1: Yeah, you would think so. And maybe at some point, it's time for Rortfit to go back down. I mean, Rortfit's in 158 I know that they're not asking a lot of him but you know nine strikeouts 19 at bats he hasn't looked great and then he makes his defensive blunder in game three I don't know maybe at some point you just bring Jeffers back up and just give Jeffers a chance to start a few games
0: yeah I think so I think and at this point you got to start again it's kind of like the bullpen where we got to start playing with things until something works but I don't yeah yeah, I don't need to belabor the point here I had Garver on my bench as well so let's uh let's keep going (laughs) Rocco's Rewind. This was interesting because the the point I want to make is about game two and I had sort of mentioned it here as we did our game recap. I was pretty surprised that Robles got the opportunity to get the save. I, I'm not, not pretty surprised. I was very surprised. I assumed it would be Taylor Rogers. Why do you think, what was the decision there, do you think?
1: I think Rocco has finally realized that matchups aren't everything, right? And that you have to actually ride the pitcher who you think is going to do the best job. But to be fair, Rogers hadn't pitched the what, night before either.
0: Th- no, that's what I'm saying. That's what was confusing to me. So I don't quite understand. Now, granted, it worked out for him. So I can't like count it as a negative against him. And I guess if he really wants to hold to that idea that, yes, this is closer by committee. Of course... <laughs> The opportunities that the Twins have to close have come so few, They've been and, far few and far between, between yes.
1: here. Well, it's funny because when you mentioned that, I couldn't remember the last time they'd had a save situation. It must have been in that Royals series.
0: Yes, that sounds right. But yeah, it does feel like it's been quite some time.
1: So yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I guess it didn't trouble me though in that moment because I'm just happy to see somebody actually succeed in closing a game. And Colome got a win out of the bullpen. Good for him.
0: Yeah, it's a strange time to be a uh, bullpen pitcher for the Twins. You don't know when your number is going to get called and you don't know how you're going to perform. Oh, (laughs) man.
1: Well, maybe that's best for this team. You just throw the guy out there and just say get three outs. Though that brings me to mine. I'm I'm seguing into my own <laughs> Rockies Mine. I was really frustrated in this game when Caleb Thielbar didn't get pulled after those two walks yeah. in Game Three and. I know that it ended up working out generally, right? But this was a one-run game, and he did give up one run in that inning, and nobody's even warming up. Yeah. So he gets one out. He gets a great strikeout. And, and Caleb Fielber has been all feast or famine in that sense this year, right? A lot of strikeouts. But, but then he walks two guys in a row. I think... Nine pitches in a row were out of the strike zone. One got swung at. Otherwise, you know, there was one strike there. I just think at that point, and I compare it to the Tony Larusa in the White Sox series pulling a guy after he put three guys on base in a row or it was two guys in a row. You got to have somebody ready there. I just, yeah. the guy's not, he doesn't have it. It's a tie game. You, you got to win this game. I guess maybe we're just, the Twins aren't playing the long game anymore, right? They don't, I just thought it was a, it was was a it was waving the white flag a little bit early in a game when they could have won.
0: Yeah, I agree. And they brought in Anderson. Again, I start I'm starting to think, Dan, the way that he's performing, he's going to start to be a name that we're going to see more and more of
1: Minnesota
0: moment. Oh, Minnesota moment. Dan, what do you have for me?
1: Oh, boy, that home run, that home run from Snow has got to be, I mean, the main pick. But but I'm going (laughs) to going to go with a more negative one. Um, Rortfett's mistake. And I alluded to this earlier. So, you know, the play is there's a there's a guy at third. And he's kind of caught in a rundown, right? He's caught between third and home. Meanwhile, Canna is running to third base and Rortvedt is chasing the runner back to third. And this is a play that my seven-year-old son I think would have recognized, right? You can't have two players sharing one base. base, So all he's got to do is just run the guy back and instead he throws the ball. And then very wisely, the base runner kind of reaches out a little bit. I think Rortvedt was probably in the baseline a little bit more than he should have been. And then they get the catcher interference, the run scores. It just kept the inning going. It was just another time you cannot give teams, good teams like the A's especially more outs to play with you can't do that
0: correct the groan that came out of the stadium was quite large in that moment and how many people were there how full was the capacity you know, more full than I would have thought Um, like the upper deck especially in the outfield was was pretty empty but as far as the the lower deck and then up where I was here I was in 315 yeah it was it was relatively full I guess as full as you can be with the with the current restrictions I'd say
1: okay what about you? Your moment?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I want to say Sano's homer as well, but I'm going to go with the other error today that stands out in my oh. mind, and that was Donaldson missing that play just because it seemed like the momentum had shifted in the Twins' favor. They were going to get an opportunity as soon as Taylor fielded the ball. You knew that okay, this is going to be the end. They're going to get out of the inning. They're going to get an opportunity to win the game in the ninth. And then Donaldson misses the ball, and it's like the groan at that moment was even larger than the one, uh, <laughs> the the one for the Rortvedt error. So it wasn't it wasn't a super fun game to be at in regards to the errors that took place. There were some fun moments, certainly, like Simba's home run and Kepler's home run were great. But man, those errors, Dan, it was just—it was really deflating.
1: All right, well, well, let's go into Maurer's musings, David. I just don't know how it can get any better. Maurer's musings. What do you have? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you start because I think it kind of it feeds into what we're just talking about with these errors here.
0: Typically in this segment, we talk about players or ideas or strategies that the Twins should employ, and this is a little bit more personal to me, Dan. I don't mean to get personal and emotional on the podcast Ooh, yeah,
1: but yeah, that's okay yeah. at
0: what point dan am i gonna understand that all is lost for this season Ooh. at what point is it gonna hit me that really there is no chance for this twins team to make the postseason
1: well we're just about at that 40 game mark it's 38 games and i'm pretty sure we wanted them to be better than 12 games under 500 Ugh. at this point Ugh. Which is which is almost un, almost unfathomable at the beginning of the season that they would be this bad.
0: Are they this bad? Like, that's what I want myself to know. Because mm. if they are, Dan, just tell me and I will be done with it. But I can't, my mind is still like, no, I think that this team is so much better than what they put on the field. But Dan, at some point, somebody puts this schedule and somebody puts these results in front of me. It's going to have to click, right? That I I need to understand that this is not a good baseball team.
1: I suppose I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, David, and I I can't come up with one that's not really depressing, Um, (laughs) you know, because it it is, it's a a depressing team. I mean, I think if they had won today, I think I would have had a little bit more hope, right? Because then you're still kind of riding the coattails of that Sano home run. It's symbolic. And then you just kind of fall into new problems in game three. Like these weren't familiar things. We're not used to these errors. We're not used to these mental mistakes on this team. So maybe that's it. I I just think attrition is catching up with them.
0: Yes. No, I would agree. At this point.
1: I don't think, so David, I I don't think you need to think all is lost quite yet, but I will, I I do wonder at what point does the fan base just kind of collectively check out when the wild are done and let's hope that they can play for a while. Are are the twins going to be anywhere near 500? Will they be closer to 500 at the end of May than they are now?
0: You know, I don't know. I think for me personally, this next series is really going to be a true test as far as whether this team can perform. Last episode you had said that, well, you know, if they can win the next few in a row here right, and then right. they go into the White Sox series. And I, I had some hope. And just the fact that they only won one game against the A's, when they go up against the White Sox then, they have to win two of three. They have oh, totally. to they totally. They totally
1: they just they just have to win more I mean they have to win most of their series now. I mean mathematically.
0: Well no I'm certainly but I'm saying mean. for me personally to to still sure. To still have feelings about this team that they have a chance to win this season, they have to take at least two of three from the Sox because you cannot go 13 and a half back. I know no. it's early, but it's that's that's a ridiculous number. Oh, no, number. that's
1: that's a ridiculous number. I mean, I'm looking at at our spreadsheet here. The last series the Twins won was the Royals series in early May, and they have only won three series all season, yeah, right? It- I mean, Ugh. that's really depressing. Well, mine's a little more, I don't want to say mine is more hopeful, but I am maybe, maybe it's looking towards the future. So there was a moment today when Trevor Larnock had another one of his solid singles. And I wondered with him and Kirilov in the lineup together at some point, like, are, are we going to see that for the long term? Like, it, like is Larnock going to be, or one of them, does one of them end up playing first base? You know, because even in a best case scenario, I'm thinking next year, Cruz is probably gone. Does Sano become a DH if he's here with at all? Like it opens up the DH spot. And then I'm just kind of thinking lineup combinations down the road. It could be pretty exciting to have like Trevor Larnock and Alex Kirilov in. And then I'm wondering, do they just shut down Kirilov here? He's got this wrist issue. It's clear it's a pain related thing that's not going to be fixed, right? Just in the short term, it's going to need surgery to fix it. We're either going to be hearing about surgery this week or we're going to hear about it whenever the twins are totally out of contention. Gotcha. Yeah. So maybe the fundamental question is, Will Kirilov be a difference maker for the Twins this season still?
0: Yeah, it's it, I don't know what the answer is, and I think it really relies on what you've just mentioned, whether or not they're going to have him try and play through this pain issue or whether they're like, you know what, this season isn't looking good as it is, let's go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah. right. Is it really worth it to try to have him play through it right now? I don't know. I, I, I just and maybe that's why this week is so key. And, and to come back to this White Sox series, maybe why this White Sox series is so key. I think it's important that they win the series and also that they that they show some that they can build some momentum here in a positive way. Agreed. Um, and they just because they haven't been able to do that since the since that five and two start when we thought they were really good.
0: Accurate when we thought. Ugh. Oh, it's so sad to talk that way, Dan. But let's. Uh, it's speaking of being sad, let's uh, do series grades. Series grades. I'm a little surprised at your grade, David. I'm not. You're not? No, I was there today, Dan. That's how I feel about it.
1: <laughs> well, I gave him a D because I thought that there was some good signs here, there was some excitement. Obviously a couple of winnable games here. It didn't feel like a total failure. So I'll go with D for no yeah. other reason.
0: So I'm giving him an F, and you can criticize me and make fun of my rubric, <laughs> as you often do, because do. you're a teacher and you like to have uh, your rubric, yeah, so yeah, things are yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's an F, Dan. And it's an F because, one, they didn't win the series, and two, when the White Sox lose two of three to the Royals, Dan, you need you need to use that opportunity to gain ground. And they failed to do so, and that's why it's an F.
1: Okay, well, they're 10 and a half back, but you're saying that could be eight and a half back. Correct.
0: Yeah, very yeah. easily.
1: Well, eight and a half back still feels good, but 12 games under five hundred, David, still feels really gross.
0: I, All right, well, let's do Puckett's Picks.
1: And we'll see you tomorrow night.
0: Puckett's Picks. So against the White Sox, Dan, this is, again, it's a big series. So I got the victory. Who did the uh, listeners take this time around?
1: So the listeners are going to go back to Nelson Cruz because who else do you pick on this team right now who's potentially going to play in all the games in the series?
0: I don't know. I don't know. That's probably a wise choice, and he likes hitting against the White Sox. So, Dan, you will get to choose first. Who do you have? Hmm. Hmm. You know who I want to pick. I hope you take Sano. Uh, you have to, well, right? Come I, on, he I, was your beast. Be a man. Right. Own it. Own it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna take Miguel Sano. What the heck? Oh, Let's just get <laughs> going. Let's give it a try. The guy who I Dan wanted
0: to trade for bus fare last <laughs> episode is now his pick for the White Sox series.
1: It wasn't he wasn't a uh, bus fare maybe uh, maybe a long bus fare. Like a bus fare like back from Chicago, which is maybe what he'll have to do if he goes 0 for ten in the series. Oh, I'm taking Sano. What the heck? I got nothing to lose.
0: I guess. Well, I mean, other than getting another loss in Puckett's picks.
1: There's a long... I got a lot of rookies I can still pick uh, coming up here, I have a feeling.
0: You know, it's one of those things where I really want to take Kepler, but I am nervous because he left the game today, and so I don't really want to take Kepler simply because he might be injured and he might not be playing this series. So I am going to go with the guy who I thought I was going to go with last episode. I am going to go with Jorge Polanco. Yeah, see, that's probably the smarter choice.
1: I... I was going to go with Kepler, honestly, if he had not left this game with a hamstring tweak. It'd be hard I don't not like, to. I don't yeah. like the word tweak for yeah. any <laughs> Twins player, especially, yeah. And he's important. Obviously, Kepler is really important to this team. But heck, you've just identified somebody who's been maybe the most consistent player on their team for the last 3 weeks.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been good run for Polanco and I I think that he's ready to start hitting with more power as well. That's what that's where I think he's going now that he's seeing the ball, he's making solid contact. I'm thinking not only did I take Polanco, Dan, two homers in this White Sox series. Whoa, two whoa. homers in the series for Polanco. Well,
1: do you remember when there was a time oh, no. when Polanco here, hit here we go. it was a it was a double header and Polanco hit a home run, I believe from each side of the plate. Now we're going to have to check it, David. But it was a big moment for Jorge Polanco. It was kind of a coming out where he hit one from the left side and then one from the right side, I think, in the in the, the second game. I'm sure a listener can correct me, but that was a, I remember that moment, David.
0: This is great, Dan. I'm loving your positivity towards my Polanco pick. And yeah, uh,
1: it's going to be, and you know, Sano, hmm. <laughs> I'm just hoping for a positive number here, David. I just want to be on the plus side. If
0: Sano's number is positive, it's likely to be a high positive number.
1: Yes, absolutely. That it could also be lightly. negative six. I <laughs> could have a negative six.
0: <laughs> That's all. We so. should look back to see what the lowest score in Puckett's picks ever recorded is.
1: Well, I see a negative one once when I picked Polanco, a negative two when you picked Jake Cave last year, <laughs> if I recall, uh, and a negative two for Kepler last year too. Oh, We've only had right. well, and honestly, the last time I picked Sano this season, he was a negative one. So um, hopefully, he does better for me this time.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that'll do it for us here, folks. Dan, you want to send us out?
1: Well, folks, if you like what you hear, please tell a friend. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Min for the Win, and you can also find our Min for the Win Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe so that you are alerted when podcasts come available. And if you could leave us a rating, that would be great. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Twins.
0: That'll wrap up another episode of Men for the Win, a podcast hosted by David Koufis and Dan Thompson, two avid fans who appreciate well-played baseball, especially when it's done by the Twins. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, go Twins.